for me, I could never be happy staying where I'm at. I just know that I'm capable of so much more because I'm capable of so much more. I have to keep growing and pushing. And so it comes back down to like this internal feeling I have inside that's guiding me and everyone has it. You just have to listen to it and see where it, see what it's telling you. What's up? My name is CJ Finley and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always today's to episode is with Taylor Villarreal. His purpose in life is to live a life of goal. charity, and currently, he lives that out by empowering other young professionals to take control of their life financially. He believes that when we are empowered financially, we are able to better support the people in our lives that matter most. The tools that Taylor utilizes to live out his purpose are his financial practice and his nonprofit fundraising group, Every Penny. In this episode, we chat a lot about how Taylor has signed up to do various hard things, one being an ultra marathon, and how this has helped him live a more intentional life, as well as find peace in moments that aren't typically seen as peaceful. Taylor brings a bunch of amazing energy into this episode and will help you add more tools to your tool belt of life. So let's jump right into the combo and give it up for Taylor Villarreal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive and Light podcast. It's a Friday afternoon here in Austin, Texas, and I'm talking with one of my really good friends that we go way back. I was actually asking him, when did we meet Mr. Taylor Villarreal? And he hit me up earlier this week. Past couple of years have been nuts. You've been traveling all over the place, yeah. doing ultra runs, and I'm really looking forward to catching up. But when Taylor rolled up today, I noticed he had a book in his hand, and that's what we're going to kick off with is, what is this book, and why did you roll up with it? Yeah, CJ, so good to see you, and uh, this has been a long time coming, and uh, just thankful to be here, so uh, good to see you as always. Um, yeah, I showed up with a, a book, Relentless, by Tim Grover. It's a phenomenal book. I've read it many, many times. Um, this year, I'm working between uh, being surrendered and being disciplined. I'm naturally very disciplined. Um, I struggle being surrendered. And so I have two books that are kind of my Bibles on, on those two disciplines, if you will. Relentless helps me be more disciplined. And The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer is the other book that I... So each day before I walk out the door, all right, do I need more discipline today or do I need more surrender? And sometimes I just carry the book. So I haven't read this book all day today, but you never know when you're going to be caught in a moment where... You have five, 10 minutes, that's a perfect time to read instead of be on your phone. So I love that. Yeah. Instead of scrolling, you can just open the book. And those two books I have not read. So you just gave me two more books awesome. that I need to add uh, to the shelf. And you mentioned something surrendering. Mm -hmm. When you think of surrendering, what does that mean? So outside of the, what the book talks about, but for you, what does surrendering mean? Yeah, letting go, just letting go of, of everything. Um, if you have an expectation of something, then it can leave you to disappointment, right? Um, yeah, just letting go of, of expectations. I, because I can be so disciplined on things, I, you know, I can wake up and work out and do all these things, I expect a result. Um, so for me, surrendering is letting go of the result and just let the miracles happen, let the magic happen in the world. And usually, if you leave room for surrender, way cooler things than you could have ever imagined are going to happen. 
if you're so disciplined all the time, you leave no wiggle room for the universe to make stuff happen. So, yeah. Why do you think humans struggle to surrender so much? Why are we always trying to control? Control. We want control. I think it, I don't want to say something controversial, but I think men struggle with control, the idol of control, maybe more than others. Maybe that's incorrect. I'm not sure. But I feel like my guy friends specifically, especially in my circle, struggle with control. We have that idol of control. I'm not sure why. Any thoughts on where that comes from? I thought about it for a while. And I actually thought about this yesterday where I was speaking in Beaumont, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't find a restaurant that I really wanted to eat at or food that I really wanted. And I'm sitting there getting angry. Not to the point of like physically frustrated, but like I can feel myself getting tense. And I'm sitting there in the car just being like, I can't control any of this. Mm. But what I can control is, am I going to enjoy this entire experience Mm. that I'm about to do? And the fact that I'm allowing like what I'm going to eat or not eat really control me right now is Mm. stupid. The fact that I can even go get food is a blessing because back in the day, you couldn't control whether you're going to get food that day or not really. It's like, did the deer cross your path or not? Did sure. you find the berries or not? Versus today, we have an abundance. So I think it stems from we're just bred with it where, I mean, if you go back, humans have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. and Have we? we? Uh, yeah, uh, have we? believe what you want to believe but if that's true think about what the world was like versus today we didn't really have much control so we were like fighting to control things and i think that that just gets passed down generation after generation after generation more control more control more control for comfortability because life was not comfortable and now that it is really comfortable we still have the same tendencies Mm -hmm. that generations had before us but we don't even need that anymore. It doesn't Mm. serve us. So that's where I'd love to switch this into, I've noticed a lot of people that have that discipline, that controlling mindset, chase things that they're scared of or they're afraid of or run long races and things like that. For you, is that one of the reasons that you started to find yourself attaching to longer runs and, and trying things that you didn't necessarily know that you were going to be able to complete? Yeah, it's a great point. It's almost like pushing through the fear, right? Of if you have a known fear, I like to take it head on. I've got a fear of heights is a great example. When I did my ultra through Zion National Park, you're running on the edge of a cliff. And it is, I mean, my worst, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for me. My knees literally shake. I did. um, I'm sure some people have done angels landing before. I couldn't do it. I, I went up halfways and was literally just felt like I was going to get sucked into the earth. Like the earth was just pulling me off the ledge of the mountain. And that's where my fear of heights comes from. I feel like I can't possibly stay on the ledge. Like gravity's pulling me off the, the mountain. So then when you do the 50-mile run through the mountains and you're running on the edges, you're like, oh, man, this is, I just, keep, just keep going. Like block it out and just keep moving. But uh, there's something about running for me that parallels really well with life. Everyone's got an opinion on how to run a race. Everyone's got an opinion on life. Everyone has the perfect diet for the race and the perfect hydration system, but it's just a giant science experiment that only you can go through and figure out what's best for you. So I love running because every race is different. Every 
that it's it's always a, an evolving science experiment and you can take advice from people that you trust and, and appreciate but until you do it you have no idea what's going to happen and there's a beautiful surrender going through training for a run that balances really really well with life business all those things yeah one of my friends in my men's group told me and i've said this on the podcast before but it might help you if you're the driver you don't get the same view as if you're the passenger so basically he was telling me that i should be the passenger in my life more Mm. rather than always trying to drive the car Mm. and it really hit home with me because one it makes complete sense like if you're the passenger in a car which i've been before Mm -hmm. i know that i get way better views and i can look at everything versus when i'm driving the car and i have to pay attention to keep everybody safe and then you start thinking like in your life where are you constantly driving and i started reflecting on my life where every single moment even though i was in that moment i wasn't Mm. it's like i could be here this is why i love podcasting because i'm here right now even if you ask me to think like what's after this or what's this weekend like i I can't i'm so dialed into this so it gives me that moment of like i'm in the most i'm driving and in the passenger seat right now Mm -hmm. but when you're running I feel like it gives you both worlds. It gives you that feeling of both worlds. So you're 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 driving your own ship, like you're running, you're deciding you're running. But you also get to see the views of everything around you. Mm-hmm. But here's the unexpected thing. You also get to see the views inside of you. Inside you. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself through your experience? Mm and journey with running it's a great question because as you were describing that uh analogy that's so funny because you're saying you get the views outside and i'm like i really don't see much when i run at all i hardly see anything it's so strange it's all internal for me the whole that and i'm not a runner by the way so before i did that 50 mile the first furthest i had gone on an actual race was a 5k so i went from 5k to, to 50 and so I'm not good at running. I'm slow. Like all of these things are, are up against me. Running three miles for me today, still very, very challenging for me to do, right? 10 miles is really hard for me to do. So your point of like, what have you learned about yourself going through that process? Biggest thing that comes to mind is it forces you to slow down in moments. Because let's say you're training, right? If you're running 50 miles for me, I need to be doing 50 mile weeks um, at least. And so if I'm doing a 50 mile week, you would think, oh, 10 miles a day, perfect. But in that training schedule, sometimes Wednesday's run, you're going to tweak something or something's going to happen and you have to slow down. It forces you to spend time recovering, which I feel like in my day-to-day life, whoa, I need to do that more. I need to spend my time recovering my mental meditations in the morning, my meditations at night, my reflection, my journaling. Like All those are really crucial tools to slow your body down and to recover from day-to-day and all those things. So that's probably the biggest thing I learned. How about yourself? Because I know you're on the same journey or similar journey. Yeah, I do notice things externally, but I think that's because it's the content creator in me and, mm. the, and the marketer in mm. me is just like, I'm always looking for a story to tell. Mm. And that's where the external environment, I'm also like an adrenaline junkie. So like, I kind of have a fear of heights, but it also like, makes me feel alive. Mm. So it's like this catch 22 of like running up and down mountains is like, really fun to me because it's scary but then i get this beautiful view and it it's not mundane sure i get really bored really quickly and 
and that causes me to do negative things Mm. and that's where like if i can keep it spicy views help with that sure um but i i understand what you mean like you just eventually like i'll start a runoff with like thinking of the views but then you get into this zone where you're just like oh shit i just ran two miles and i don't even remember running the two miles it's sure. kind of like you ever yeah have you ever driven a car and you're just like how did i get here <laughs> like, that, has, just like, that can be a scary thing sometimes yeah that's yeah. scary yeah. like i didn't touch my phone i didn't on, do anything on autopilot right you're just, just like going for wait do you listen long. do you listen to music when you run uh podcast music sometimes silent you don't you don't um, raw dog it like goggins that that what does he do nothing Not, nothing nothing just just goes for me that's that's a different challenge I feel like if I lived in an environment where, again, like if I was in Colorado, that'd be much more viable thing. And why I say viable is if you're listening to this, you should make your stuff fun. Hmm. Like he purposely like makes his life not fun. I don't know why, <laughs> but because it's fun. It's there's a there's a beauty he, in the, yeah, the struggle. Like, I think he likes that. Yeah, I like it to a point. But if you're running like. You might as well enjoy it. Sure. You might as well. If I'm going to go run seven miles, I usually put on a podcast hmm. and I enjoy the podcast that I'm listening to. Okay. When I'm doing timed stuff, that's when I typically, I'm either putting on like a motivational playlist or like Ben Lionel Scott, which is clips of motivational speakers. Okay. But it, it just depends, I guess, the answer, the best answer would be on environment. But for me, the lessons learned, I think the biggest thing for me haven't spent I'd say the past two years consistently running and hopefully I hope to do a 50 like you did in 2023 is we don't know shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) and the reason I say that is every time I go for a run going back to the whole like controlling thing I never know how I'm going to feel seven minutes into that run, yep. 10 minutes into yep. that run, a half an hour into that run. So, I think so I do. So much fun in that mystery to me. Yeah. I think I do. And it's just like, it's such a microcosm for every day that you think you're going to be able to control that day. A fucking snake could run across yeah. the, the trail. Like you have no clue yeah. what's coming at you. The only thing you can control is how you respond. And I'd say that's the second thing is I can only control what I can respond to. I can't control the initial. So hmm. like, my thoughts yesterday when I was eating in a parking lot in an HEB, that initial instinct of being annoyed, that's just a human instinct. Mm. I shouldn't get mad at myself for that, for the instinct, but I shouldn't allow myself to continue with that. And I think a lot of people are self-deprecating because they get mad at the instinct that they have and not as mad at like you're responding in a way where you're making a conscious decision now. So your unconscious Mm. instinct, you're not giving yourself grace for, but then you're also not challenging yourself to become a better human being and respond in a better way. Interesting. That's one of the biggest things I've noticed that running has helped me with is noticing those different instincts I have versus how I'm responding. And Mm. you just have a lot of time to think. So you're thinking about everything you're doing in your life and how you show up as a human being, husband, father, brother, son. Sure. And... That's why I recommend it to everybody. It's just, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. It's a form of meditation almost, or I think it is. I don't know what, what type, but you're definitely meditating as you run for sure. What actually inspired you to do the 50 or even, even run my dad in the first place? Yeah. My dad, uh, don't kill me for saying this, but he was overweight and, um, in his fifties 
I believe at the time we're at Thanksgiving and we're drinking beer, having a good time, frying turkeys. He's like, Hey, I, uh, next year, this time, or I guess it was 11 months, October, I'm going to do a 50 mile run. I'm going to run from one end of Zion national park to the other. Like that sounds terrible. <laughs> Have fun, man. Like when we all made fun of them the rest of Thanksgiving, like how far did you run today? He's like, well, I haven't ran yet. I haven't, I haven't even <laughs> ran a mile. Right. Um, and so it was, it was very strange coming full circle to surrendering that thought never left me of this run. For some reason, the idea of doing this really long run was, was very intriguing to me. It kept popping up. I kept dreaming about it. And this was something I was repulsed by completely when it first got brought up to me. Long story short, my dad, yeah, he, uh, his CrossFit gym that he joined had this like man challenge and they had to do like a primal challenge and they had to do all these crazy things throughout the year. And his biggest one, right? His big crux was this big 50 mile run. And so a bunch of people signed up to do it. There was like, I think eight or 12 of us that all signed up to do it. And by the actual day of the run, four people showed up, me and my dad included and two other people. And then three of us, three of us finished it. Uh, it was a cool deal. And was it a, a designated race? So not, there was not at people, all. Or was, you just did it yourself. There's a trail. You go to the top of the trailhead and you end. Yeah. You end at the end. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. Um, but the training, the training is everything. Like the, you mentioned something earlier about um, you don't know how you're going to feel on a run. It's so true. There's something about having a schedule and saying, hey, I'm going to run X amount of miles on this day and going through that schedule and sticking to it. Yes, being surrendered to how you feel and monitoring your body in, in a safe way. But outside of that, if you've got 30 miles to a practice run on Saturday and it's raining, you got to do it. And that happened to us one time. I think our schedule said we had to run a 30 miler, which was three times around Ladybird Lake. And we were in San Antonio that weekend. So like, are we really going to drive out and do this 30 miler at Ladybird? Like, that sounds terrible. Like, we're not really feeling up for it. And then it starts raining. I mean, it's this torrential downpour for this Sunday that we're supposed to do this run. It's like, no, we said we're, we're going to do this. We're sticking to the plan. Let's go. And again, we've never run this far before. Uh, we never, I think the furthest at that point we had done was like 15 or 20 miles. And uh, anyways, we drove down to Austin. Did the Ladybird Lake run, and then you drive back to San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. Uh, in hindsight, it was nuts. In the moment, it would just seemed like, yeah, this is what we're supposed to do, and we did it. We knocked it out, and uh, in the rain, and it was cold, and it was so much fun though. In that moment, because you're like, hey, what else are you supposed to do? You for the rest of this day, all you have to do is make it around this lake three times. Um, so when you simplify it, and it's just like, hey, I'm either gonna die out here, or I'm gonna finish this run. Like there's there's no other option. And so that's, that's what we did. And when you simplify things that, again, primal, if you have to slow down, if you have to walk it, walk it. But once you get going, there's no way that you're going to walk it. You just have to keep going. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Taylor. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. 
You also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back into the conversation with Taylor Villarreal. Now we're getting into a third word of this podcast. You're talking discipline and surrender. And now we're talking about suffering because that's what you signed up for. I don't know. I don't know. I I guess maybe I don't really look at it that way. I guess you could say it's, it is suffering. Sure. It's intentional suffering. Your body is going through trauma. Yeah. You're, you're putting your body through trauma, whether, whether you view it in that way or not. Sure. You are being intentional with your suffering and most people just allow themselves to go through life suffering unintentionally. So we go back to this whole control thing. That's a good point. The more you control your suffering, the less yeah. you suffer. You're exactly right. You're going to suffer in life one way or the other. You can plan your suffering, I, I believe, or you can let life surprise you. And I'd rather know what pain I'm about to go through than, than not. And some of those things you can control. Do you know um, Colin O'Brady? Are you familiar no. with the name? He's an insane guy. He's done all kinds of things. He did the uh, cross the Antarctic without any help. So no, no support, just his own being, whatever he carried, carried it across the Antarctic. He's the, the only person to do that. He kayaked across the uh, Drake's Passage, which is like the most dangerous part of ocean in the world. It's from like South America to uh, Antarctica. Like just done all these insane things. And I heard him talk about why. Someone asked him, why are you doing this? Like, what's, what's the point? You've already done like some crazy stuff. And to your point, that the intentional suffering, he goes something along the lines of, if your best day is a, a 10 and your worst day is a one, but you've never left your house, your 10s and ones are very small scale, I, I guess, if, if you could say. There's no but variance. There's no variance, right. And if, if your worst day ever is something that you chose to do, trying to survive the Antarctic oceans, kayaking through this, this these monstrous waves, well, and you survive that, like one, it creates this incredible, insane joy on the other side of it, but life's just more polarizing maybe. That stuck with me of living a life to extremes and creating these extremes within your own life that, yeah, it makes life a lot more fun and you appreciate waking up and eating cereal and being comfortable. Like you appreciate (laughs) those things so much more. Yeah, It's such a weird thing for me to think about because I'm the type of person where I like to push the limit Mm -hmm. and I find myself fighting how hard do I push versus the other side of the variance, which is being more comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's where running has also helped me. It's allowed me to like calm down a little bit more on pushing the limit. Sure. Because it's given me an outlet where I've learned that I don't have to do these physical feats necessarily to push my limit. There's a lot I can learn about myself mentally and there's a lot of growth I can have mentally that isn't going to have such a high cost at the other end of it. Because yeah, that sounds great for that guy, right? But if you have family that you care about and just certain things in your life that you can't risk, it's one of those things. And that's why I think running is great because anybody can do it. Like sure. If you have two legs, even if you don't, like if you only have two arms and you're in a wheelchair, like I consider that you could wheel yourself. That's running, right? 
if you're blessed to be a human, it's one thing that we are granted is to run and you can utilize that to grow mentally and push your limits that way. But the cost of it, I mean, you're going to get nicked up a little bit, but it's not like crossing the Atlantic yeah. by yourself, but you can still get that same dopamine hit from that. Let's switch gears a little bit here. Um, so we've been talking about running a lot. Yeah, I was going to um, say, to, to piggyback off that piece, like this isn't like everyone has to go run. That's just what I felt called in my core to do. Like I couldn't run away, you know, no pun intended. I couldn't run away from this feeling that was calling me to do this thing. So you got to do it. But I feel like we're all called in a unique passion and purpose to do something that's probably pretty uncomfortable. Well, it's, a lot of times probably not running, it, but whatever that is, you got to listen to it and go. It's awesome. And that's why I wanted to switch gears yeah. because one, I didn't, I didn't intend to talk about running that <laughs> much here, but also for the, for the listener, yeah. um, Taylor's one of the most sharp dressed people on a daily basis <laughs> that I've ever been around. And he works in the financial services industry. So we're not talking like a lot of my friends who are the high rocks athletes and, and dudes that are training twice a day. Mm -hmm. And like, this is their lifestyle. Like Taylor is somebody where that's not necessarily his lifestyle and he went out of his way to do something uncomfortable and to surrender and practice discipline and have intentional suffering yeah. to help every other area of his life. And that's where I want to shift more so into the mindset and mentality of like your daily life and work mm -hmm. and what you're passionate about outside of that running where that mentality to get uncomfortable has had an impact because I think anybody listening on the other end, a lot of times it's easy for them to go, well, yeah, like some of the guys that I'll bring on here or girls where it's their career. It's like, oh, but you, this is your career. You have time to do that or you have uh, money to invest in that or whatever. And I want to highlight you because you come from the complete opposite mm -hmm. spectrum. Like you said, you'd never run more than a 5k right. before the 50 miler in other areas of your life. Where have you jumped from that 5K to that 50 miler? Every aspect of life. As soon as I made that physical jump, it made everything else change business-wise and mentally. Um, spiritually, the box that I was living in got bigger. That makes sense. So I feel like we all have this picture of what we can imagine life to be. And it's the second I stepped out and stretched physically, well, now my box is this much bigger to grow mentally, to grow physically, all those things. I went to, um, I moved to Mexico and uh, in the middle of the pandemic, that was one of those things where it was just, I feel called to do this. Last time I listened to my calling, it worked out pretty well. It's worked out my entire life. This is terrifying, but let's go and let's see what happens. And so it just continued to grow in so many different unique ways. Yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. I, it gave me a better question to ask. Where were you limiting yourself prior to that 50 mile run so it could be business it could be life it could be travel like you said you went to mexico where did you find yourself limiting yourself prior to doing this physical feat i think because i struggled so much like started at such a low ground level when i started my financial practice i started when i was 20 years old so i was still in college knew no one in the business i knew no one like i had no network it, it, you know you're starting at ground zero basically in a really hard industry and as i like go through that process, you hit all these different speed bumps. You try to grow your network. That's how I, I met you, right? Which was really cool. Fruit of that labor. I could only dream so big. Like I could only see so much, like realistically taste so much success because 
like I had started for me so low on the totem pole. And so I had grown and I, I grew my business and we were having some success, but I needed to push myself harder in a different way. I was pushing myself really hard in the business world, but sometimes you keep running into a brick wall, like you're not going to get anywhere. Sometimes you have to push yourself elsewhere. And that's where pushing myself, my, my reading, my meditation, and then physically really just kind of shattered things. I think to put things in perspective, I was running into this wall in the business world. And then the second I started working and doing all these other things, working out, physically traveling, I realized I could just walk around the wall and just keep moving, right? You do not have to push through that wall. And my perspective completely changed and life opened up to, to me, yeah. Yeah, it makes me think of two things. Like, I love the visual aspect of what you just said. Hmm. It makes me think that if you keep running into the same wall, you have two options. Either decide that this is the wrong wall or you have to slow down, get stronger so that you can actually go through the wall. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, one, we're just impatient as human beings. We don't want to slow down. So we're better off spending a year trying to go through this wall that we're never going to get through rather than spending 364 days mm. getting stronger and then on the last day going through the wall with ease. Yeah. Um, yeah. And running has taught me that as well. 80-20 rule. Run slower and then on game day, that's when you bring the heat. Absolutely. Um, so that way you're, you're, you're putting on more volume and that's what it kind of sounds like you were doing in your life. Like you were really hitting it hard in the business world, but you weren't packing on the volume in other areas of your life. So you, those then, muscles were not yeah. strong. Yeah. What would your advice be to somebody out there that's like day one right now? Day one of? It, it doesn't just have to be newborn like or you started <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah, your career. Day one career wise. Like sure. you've been hustling for a while. Like you're still young. We're both very young, but for you, I look up to you because like you did start at 20, like at 20, I was doing some really dumb shit. Um, <laughs> we all were, yeah. but, uh, you were still, you were career focused then. And for somebody that's like that right now, I was just at a retreat this past weekend and there were some young guys there too, who are crushing it in their late teens, early twenties. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, wow, you have so much time. Mm hmm go try all these other things. Yeah. But I'd love from your approach, somebody that understand what it's like to start at that early age, what would your advice be to somebody that's listening? You don't, and they just ha don't have to be 20 now. Maybe they switch careers sure. and it's, it's brand new to them. What would your advice be to level up their life in general and make a larger impact? Dive internal. You have to dive internal and find out why you're here. Like, what are you doing here? What's going on? I felt I was fortunate early that the way I was going to create impact was in the, the financial world. I, I had that calling. It wasn't something I dreamed of at five years old, right? I wanted to be a professional football or soccer player. And, you know, life has a funny way of letting you know and humbling you that, hey, this actually is not what your purpose <laughs> is on earth, all right? You, you keep playing football, enjoy it, but you're not six foot, all right? So it's, it's just not going to happen. And, and so I, I just, I always was able to, to listen to what life was calling me to do, that urge, you know, God, the universe pulling me in a certain direction. And uh, financial planning was one of those things. So I listened. So listen to, there's a voice calling you somewhere and it, it might be terrifying. Every single voice that's called me in a direction has been terrifying um, in the moment. But then I listened and all these really cool things happen. That path is usually a very challenging path. Uh, I'll give you an example. Recently, I've had some life changes happen in my own life. I moved back to the States. I'm here and now I'm like, okay, I felt called to come back to the States. I was very happy in Mexico. I wanted to stay there forever, but I felt called to come back to Austin. So I came back 
I'm starting to piece together why I'm here. Why am I here? Why am I here? And I had this intense clarity on you can choose the path that you're on and it's great. You make great income. You have a great life. You have great friends, family, all those things. And you can live this picture perfect dream life that you had for yourself three years ago. Or you can take this alternate path. It's going to take a little bit more work, a little bit more hustle here and there. Um, some sacrifices. But man, look at everything I have for you here in three years, four years, five years down the road. And the reason I came back was I had already subconsciously chose this a little bit, maybe more challenging path with some sacrifices along the way. But for me, I could never be happy staying where I'm at. I just know that I'm capable of so much more because I'm capable of so much more. I have to keep growing and pushing. And so it comes back down to like this internal feeling I have inside that's guiding me and everyone has it. You just have to listen to it and see where it, see what it's telling you. Yeah. You should strive to be pulled, not pushed. That's mm. like one of the things that I've become accustomed to mm. listening to in, in my world is if I feel pulled somewhere, I should follow that. If I feel pushed somewhere, I mean, me personally, I always push back <laughs> since I was a little kid. You ever tried to like, push push a rope versus pull a rope? Right. <laughs> exactly. And so how many people are pushing ropes yeah, out there? Yeah. Like it's not working. Right. And th- that was a big thing yesterday talking to those college men and women is helping them see that you don't have to make it as hard as everyone around you makes it seem to be right. Like, what do you love? That was the whole talk was around. What do you love? What are your dreams? Follow that with like this book, relentlessness. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's, if it's pulling you relentlessly follow that. And we make up excuses for why we can't do that. So for you, there had to have been times where you're feeling called, but internally you're at conflict. Can you recall any times where it was just two like... right now that that are, are brutal? Sorry, I cut you off. No, got excited about go, that. Go yeah, uh, I've got two. One is physical. One is this run that I would love to do, the marathon de Saab. I was so close to booking my ticket and doing the whole thing. It's this 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 run in Morocco, but just internally, I knew it was more of a selfish desire opposed to like it's time. It's something that will happen. It will be a challenge that I get the opportunity to take on, but it's not for right now. And so I had to slow myself down and because I was in internal conflict of wanting to do something now, but it wasn't time. The other thing is, is my nonprofit fundraising group, Every Penny. I want to push this thing and grow it so fast right now. And, and we're in the process of changing into a, a 501c3, but things are not happening. I mean, we're just hitting so many walls, right? I'm hitting so many walls in putting my board of directors together and then going through legal teams and doing all this that I just kind of had to sit down and like, okay, maybe in my head, I had this all working out and being done in three months, six months time. Maybe it's not supposed to happen like that. I don't know how it's supposed to happen, but everything that's happened with that nonprofit has been pull versus push. Our very first event that you came to at Tesla, two weeks before the venue canceled, right? It was a, <laughs> it was a train wreck. And then turns out it ended up being such a blessing and, and exactly what it was supposed to be way better than I could have ever imagined. So there's another conflict that I have right now of in my mind, I have, this is what it's supposed to be, and it's just not happening. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe we slow down a little bit. And It's amazing how many times we kind of tell the same story in our own lifetime because what I'm hearing right now is just another story of maybe you're not meant to be a professional football player. Right. So it's just like you have to then pivot, okay, what does every penny look like to not be a professional fo- football player? Mm-hmm. If it's not a professional football player – 
it still can be very successful. Yeah. And that's where where I, that that idea came from too was I feel very called to give my money away. That's what I'm on earth for is to help others create financial Did success. you see what the pa- Patagonia founder did? I did. I have a controversial take oh, on yeah. that. Um, <laughs> not everyone was super happy about what I shared on Instagram. <laughs> Guys, this is very strategic for him tax-wise and his family tax-wise as well. Yes, he's helping create change, but there's a significant financial benefit to doing what he's doing. So I'm very happy that he did it that way. It makes total sense. But come on, guys. You there's want billionaires. Always- you want billionaires to pay your taxes, but then you want to help the environment too. It's like, well, guess what? <laughs> We're not going to pay our taxes and we're going to create some major change. I think that's incredible. There's always loopholes. There's always loopholes. (laughs) And now we're not going to, you know, they don't have to pay taxes on on their billions, which I think is incredible. And you should do that. But it's the same people that are complaining. Anyways, it's funny. It's it's funny to me. It's funny to me. We could talk about how that's happening in like so many different variations of life where like, People are selling you one thing, but yeah. the reality is, so, but yeah, just the fact that people are even like in tune with talking about yeah. it, that's all I really give a shit about. Yeah. It's just like, when I view money, it's like, let's do more fun stuff with money. That's mm-hmm. how I view it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, let's create a better world to live in. And how many people don't view it that way? It isn't meant like, if we're talking like financial services and stuff, yeah. I struggle. So, I mean, one of the things I love startups is because I can see it. I struggle so hard to like put money in stocks and be like, well, companies that I can't physically touch or like I'm really invested in. And this is where- Gotta own stuff that you believe yeah. in. You have so, to. Yeah. So, and that's why I love startups. It's like, I'm, I'm investing in the person. Like when you're in the beginning of the, the startup or investing in, Joe Johnson was here in here talking to us earlier. I was literally asking him like, how can I invest into helping your business grow? An incredible and company, these, by the way. That's so cool. Yeah, speaking, like it's- it's, you could feel it. I could mm-hmm. feel the change that I had last night when I was speaking to the students. And it's just like, how do I invest in this and make this grow? Yeah. And that's where let's shift into, I view you as somebody that's hyper networked. You've like put in the hustle to know a lot of people that can be natural, but it's also trained a little bit. And I'm I an think, introvert. So yeah, <laughs> I think I'd love for you to give tips on for people because do you know Alex Morosi? I do not know. Okay, well he just put up a he put up a post about like volume. The most successful people like just do things at such a high volume. So if you want a girlfriend, like you can't just like go out with five girls and then expect like that's gonna be your wife. Like you might have to go on five hundred dates or if you're posting content, you might have to post for ten years before sure. something hits. Or you might have to be in the financial services industry for 10 years growing a network before it it really feels like you understand the value that you have and the Mm -hmm. impact that you can make. Mm -hmm. When you first were getting going and and learning how to network, one, it must be uncomfortable. But two, what kept you doing it? Because it's one thing to move to a city or go to Mexico, come back to Austin and kind of shelter yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing to really cultivate relationships and grow your network in a way that isn't a facade. And I I view you as somebody that like you actually give a shit about your relationships. What are some tips and tricks on how to keep going and how to keep running into the wall, as I would say? (laughs) I just have one. There's a million ways to network and build your network. The only way I do it is from a book, The Go-Giver. That was it. That's all I knew. It was one of the first books I ever read in business. It's this short little story, but it talks about giving first, like 
how do you want to build a network? You meet someone, you ask how you can help them genuinely. And for me, I would write it down every single time I met someone. How can I help? I'd write it down. Okay. How am I going to build my network? Well, now this person needs, you know, this startup's looking for this kind of client. Okay. Well, how do I go and find this client for this guy? Right. This is, this would be a natural way to give. And so that's what I did. You know, I'd meet a realtor. Hey, I need someone to buy a house. I go find someone to buy a house. That was my next mission. And I would give to this person. And I would do that over and over and over again. And then before you know it, you're trying to solve problems for 30, 40, 50 people in a week. And you're like, whoa, this is, this is a lot. This, this happened fast. But you're just problem solving for other people in whatever way it looks like. Sometimes it's just being there to listen. Sometimes it's to give a hug. But just genuinely loving on other people. You meet someone being present and loving on that person. And then letting that multiply. And I got in trouble in my career because I started that process and that process can take time and I needed results now and I'm in a very results driven career and I wasn't getting results. And so it took about three, three and a half years before I generated any decent result, any living in my career. But what was cool is when that happened, I had such a strong support of people that I really cared for and really cared for me. To answer your, how do I keep going question? It's just loving on people at this point. It's just coming on and hanging out with you today and just seeing what happens and, and just being there for each other and knowing what your goals are and genuinely spending time thinking about your goals as well and hoping that they happen, visualizing other people's goals with them. I'm very quantum. So you mentioned like the dating thing and building clients. The way I do most of my prospecting is through meditation as well. So I just sit there and, and just relax and, and picture what I'm going after and it just happens now. It's the magnet approach, right? You can do the uh, physical approach where you're doing A plus B and A plus B over and over and over again to get to a result of, of C, uh, the Newtonian approach, that's what it's called. Or quantum, where you use the magnet approach and you just attract whatever results you're looking for to you. And you have to physically be active and, and do things as well. There's some action required. You have to produce energy. You have to produce en- energy. But yeah, I like to attract things to me now. Yeah. What has been some really cool outcomes that have happened because of the go-giver mentality do you have any stories that come to mind where you just were giving out of nowhere and then like you ended up on a private jet or you had this really cool vacation or you just had a really special moment where you're just like wow how did i get here you could say today right like how are we in this podcast room talking catching up and recording which is such a special thing to do right just recording conversation this being my daily life now is so, so special that I met you very early in my career, six, seven years ago, right? Maybe maybe five years ago, um, back when we were doing- It was doing, like five years ago. Doing the, fall, the, I think. The cigar club at the time and tech map and all these like weird things that we were doing that just seemed normal at the time. Not normal things, by the way, but we just normalized them and we just kept growing and pouring into each other. And now your career's taken off in its, in its own way. Mine's taken off in its own way. Exactly- how we described our careers looking in five years later, right? We didn't know we'd be sitting in this building specifically, right? But we knew we were going to grow in a certain direction and, and we did. And so being able to connect people back and forth, right? Uh, Hamza is a great friend of mine now because you introduced Hamza to me. Kid's a beast. He's incredible. <laughs> He's incredible. Um, so many of my clients that I work with on a financial uh, planning basis, I'll also share this. I hope I'm not getting anybody in trouble, but Scott Burgett is a great friend of mine doing incredible work here in Austin. Um, has built an, an amazing vegan coaching academy and just crushing it. I met him through the Prep to Your Door team, who I met through CJ Finley. 
Um, Fires is on next week. No way. Is he really? Monday. Yeah, he was supposed to be episode 200, but going back to like, we're all, we're all like in the thick of a lot of things right now. Um, So Fires is is such a good friend of mine as well. Love, love our coffee sessions that we have. Like when we get together and we just hang out and we just talk, I mean, just the coolest, the coolest conversation. So yeah, such a big part of my close network has been because I bumped into you at a networking event that I just showed up at because how we met and the people that introduced us together, right? And how I met those people. It just didn't stop. And it's been really, really cool chain reaction of, of giving together. Yeah. It's something that's so hard, I've realized, to describe to people that just don't get it. That's why I, I like how you put that because the small moments, like being in this podcast room and tracing back how they happen mm-hmm. and where we're at, it makes me realize kind of going back to the discipline, the surrender, Mm -hmm. the suffering, it allows you to maximize your 24 hours within a day. It does. And what I mean by that is if we're operating on the normal operating system that I would say a human being operates on, you go through school, get your job, you're just meandering through life, not reflecting, not figuring out why you're here, not giving as much as you possibly can to those around you and to the world you don't receive anything in return and I think something that I've had to come to terms with and I think everybody that has a giving mentality has to come to terms with and it's not a negative thing it's that you can give as much as you want but you can never expect receiving anything in return like that if you're giving and that giving in itself isn't receiving then like you're not giving in the right way that's how i feel and that's what led us to this room right now so like the people that we're around are all people that i would consider people that are giving in a way where they don't expect anything in return and if you're expecting something in the return Mm -hmm. that's where that's an immediate red flag of like it's probably not a relationship you should be in with that other person or with that corporation or with that organization. It should always be I'm giving because I don't know where this is going to take me, but I just know something good is going to happen. That's what happens. It, you give in some way, shape or form all unique. And then you receive in some way, shape or form. That's all unique as well. It's like, you'll have a meeting with someone, you'll help them out. And then all of a sudden this client or this new business partner comes out of nowhere has zero connection to the person that you just helped. But I feel like that's how my business operates now in, in every facet. And you it. can't, you don't understand it until you can trace it back. I like, can't ever, hardly ever trace it back. Very rarely can I trace back this result to a specific giving action. It's usually completely uncorrelated, but it's because I gave, I received in one way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, that's. But I mean like, yeah. you don't have to necessarily trace back A, B, C, D. I'm saying... You can look back and say, okay, like this is where my life was. This is how I was operating. This is where I was thinking. Yes. That level. Just like with the, the 50 mile, like you before that day that you finished it versus after the way that you're giving energy to life is different. And then you can say, okay, within that year, these are the things that came to me 100%. because I was like 100%. giving in a different way. And I feel that same thing, even just like with the space and you, the first thing you asked today is like, oh, like what happened to the Thrive HQ, yeah. like my old place. And it just sparked reminding myself of that place when I made it was 
basically born to like give and provide a space and Mm. have ideas and whatever. And you just reminded me of that today because I don't view like the way that you were just viewing it, this room, I don't necessarily view it that way Mm. because I'm doing it all the time. Right. But you just reminded me of like what it actually is and then tracing it back. Right. And it's just like, so just reminding ourselves of that. So anybody that's listening, I think that's the other thing is understanding that, in every day, like the stuff that you're doing to remind yourself what you're giving to this world, even if it doesn't seem like that much to you, to somebody else, it could mean everything. Sure. Also, do you get the sense, I have this written down on a whiteboard at home. When I work out and I read daily, the luckier I get. When I compound working out every single day with reading, I just get luckier in life. It's not correlated to a business result. It's reading something completely un tied to business and working out completely. But there's something about that energy that attracts. Well, I, I, scientifically, I can tell you what it is. Really? It's, when it, you I'm work so out, interested. it's yeah. a natural dopamine hit. So like you just feel better. So okay. we're all at the end of the day, we are all electricity. Okay. Like if you really want to think about us, right. we're made of atoms. We're just energy. That's why you can get shocked in th- different things. Like okay. we are energy. Now what working out is going to do is like, I'll put it this way. Yeah. Have you ever met people that take care of their bodies and like, and I'm talking not just in a way that they just care about the outside. I'm talking about somebody who holistically cares about their body. They train, sure. they eat well, they meditate. They're generally happy almost yeah. all the time yeah. and they're generally willing to just give so much. Well, the reality is just like they have a lot to pour. Hmm. And you, I mean, we've said this a lot of times, you can't pour from an empty glass. So if sure. we're thinking scientifically, like if the glass is empty, if there's no water actually in it, mm. like that's what most people are walking around with. They literally just don't. They're so low frequency because they have no water to pour versus if every day you're training, you're adding an ounce. And now you add on the reading. Reading is just working out your brain. Mm. So it's the same thing. Mm. And the thing about reading is it gives us the ability to communicate better. And communication is the training, I would say, the gym of a human's life. Wow. So podcasting here's an interesting thing so i did my talk yesterday and i because of covid like i haven't been i used to talk in person a lot and i've only had i think last last night was the first time i've been on a college campus since since covid wow. so almost two years and i was like holy shit i'm so much better at this <laughs> and i haven't been here in two years sure. but then i was like why the, the podcast, one of the reasons, the main reason I started and the reason that Fives is on next week, mm-hmm. we were supposed to do episode 200, but we've been so busy that Aaron, my wife, we just flipped it and she became episode 200, but we'll film with Fives next week. He was episode one, episode 100, and I'm going to do every 100 wow. with him. The reason we started it was my want to get better at storytelling and mm. connecting with people and communicating and becoming a better speaker, a better writer, because I'm forced to write when I listen to these and that's something that I think I'd love to ask you is you've been mentioning reading and exercising and, and your career. What are some of the top skills that you've picked up that you might not have that, that have a ripple effect across the board of your life? And it could be something super simple or it could be something complex. For me, podcasting has probably been one of the most impactful things that have ever happened to me because it made me a better writer, speaker, mm. build a relationship. You come in here, chat with you, experience. I want to make sure it's a great experience. And it's 
fairly simple. I get the it's gear so and cool. then you press play, right? So it's cool. not it's not calculus. Like it's not going back to college and sure. I was an engineer doing calculus. Like this is and it's fun, fucking fun. Yeah. Like, I love this. It's Friday afternoon. It's We're hanging out. Um, but this has impacted my life like a sprinkler. I would, mm. if you're visualizing it, it's just like all over the place, just planting seeds yeah. and watering the grass. It's incredible. It's one tool I, I use more than anything else. I have three things. I, I work out, I read, and I meditate. Those are like my three non-negotiables. So you mentioned after. meditating. Yeah multiple times here that's that's the i'm gonna cut you off yeah what does meditating look like to you because it's differently to everybody great question I, I think there's so many tools forms of it that that are all different tools to just working out relaxing your mind bringing you clarity whatever that is for me the very first time i did it I had no idea what i was doing i think there's an app calm app or something like that. i don't think it was calm at the time i think it was something else and it was just close your eyes for um 30 seconds that was it and uh, i couldn't do it I opened my eyes like five or 10 seconds. I could not close my eyes for 30 seconds. So I felt like I, like I was insulting myself. Like I can't close my eyes for 30 what? Like I was immediately challenged. And so then I tried it the next day again, got 30 seconds. Okay, no problem. Let's get to two minutes. Let's get to five minutes. And fi getting to five minutes was really, really hard for me to close my eyes and just, just that, that's it. Just close my eyes. And then that's how it started. I just closed my eyes for a little bit longer, a little bit longer five to 15 minutes was usually my range that I kind of stayed in. And then listened to a video, read more books. As I was reading, I was not seeking out meditation. Meditation came through, yeah, through books that you're reading. Like you're, if you're reading about, you know, being the best or, or being great in a certain area, everyone does it. It's the, what, what is the secret sauce to being successful? You need to take care of your body. You need to take care of your mental, like physical and, and mental and, and spiritual. Like you have to have the trifecta of those things. And that's how I, I take care of my trifecta. You, you've got to do those things. That's the secret sauce. Through that, you're going to find out whatever you need personally to get you to that next level. I think we mentioned running is like a science experiment. Life's a science experiment. There's lots of advice out there. You got to take some of that, apply it to your life and see what comes out the other side for you. You got to apply it to your own life and see, yeah, see what's best for you. I feel like this is a great point to end on. I think life so. I think is so. an experiment. It's a giant experiment. So the end that we're going to end on is, okay, if life is an experiment, it is September 23rd. Whoa. That's roughly three months left. We've got 98 days left. So that's 20. Today. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, luckily, like, <laughs> you that, know that. That hit me like a chord. Because I was going to guess. Yeah. 98 days, less than 100 days. What's the experiment? What's the experimentation that you're going to do in the next 100 days, 98 days? Yeah, I'm li living out the experiment I started about two months ago. That's my base, right? The read, workout, meditate. That's my core Monday through Friday. There's two business things that I'm doing on a daily basis that I've never done consistently before. And I think that those what two are things, they? one is phone calls. Like I've got 10 phone calls I'm going to make on a daily basis. Cool. Um, that's, you know, everybody's got their different metric. For me, I think 10 is the magic number. And then also, once you make those calls, making sure I don't have an empty calendar. So in this business... I only need to work with three or four new clients a week, right? That's or, or a month, excuse me. It's not a high volume business. So there's a lot of empty calendar that can be on the day. What are you going to do with that time? Making sure that I have a full calendar allows me to meet and have unique conversations with people, have this podcast today and have this conversation right now. And so filling those voids with giving, I'm an introvert. I don't want to leave my place if I don't have to. I like to be in my own. You were talking about you literally have like a 
a bat cave. Yeah, I have a bat cave, man. I love it. There's so much. It's it's so me. But giving, getting out and, and giving, right, and with that extra time. And I think those two key pieces, a little bit of business discipline and lots of surrender to just who knows what this time is going to develop into, is going to create some magic. So that's the rest of the uh, experiment. How about yourself? What is yours? Tough to follow that up. Something you made me think of, though, because we were talking about how I just moved kind of outside the city and mm-hmm. now I have a commute. There was an unintended positive occurrence because of this commute. I'm now able to call more people Hmm. because when I lived on the east side, I'm just every day is hammering the calendar. Just busy, busy, busy. I'm in the business, working out, training, Mm -hmm. filming, doing podcasts. Now it takes me 20 to 30 minutes to get everywhere. And at first, like it was just like, oh, this is going to be a sacrifice to do this. Sure. But I've realized it gives me 20 minutes of time to reflect and be like, who do I need to call right now? I've never had that time mm. ever living in, in Austin. I used to have it a little bit in Houston because mm-hmm. I would commuted when I had my, my corporate job. Talk about traffic. Yeah, yeah bro. That, <laughs> I was not, that was not a fan of that. But it brought me back to that time. And I'm actually growing closer with some people that I, I've wanted to, to be closer to, even though they're not here in Austin including some family members, Mm. because now I'm just like, all right, I got 20 minutes. I could either sit here and listen to music. I can listen to an audible or like I could build a better relationship with somebody. And going back to this whole conversation of, of around like basically increasing our luck and giving, I'm thinking like, what could I give to this other person by giving them my time by listening? And again, that's another reason I have podcasts because I feel like everything happens for a reason. I've moved to a place where I have a commute now because I would say five to 10 years ago, I'd call people and I'd be the one talking hmm. versus now I call people with the intent of asking questions like a podcast and I'm listening hmm. and it's been such a beautiful experience. So I think parlaying off of that, my experiment for the last quarter of this year is really just continuing to do that hmm. and continuing to rekindle relationships where I think I used to show up in a different way than I'm showing up now and and really just being of service in that manner and listening. And I think with the new home and being able to have people over and really be who I want to be for other people is something that I've been really looking forward to. So thank and, you for throwing that. Yeah. And I want to share too, you had a lot of clarity on what your next quarter of the year is going to be and how you're going to apply that, your, how you're going to live out that experiment. I did as well, but I did it three months ago, right? And so mm. if you don't know what that experiment is for the next rest of this year, it's okay. Know that <laughs> there's a lot of time where I don't know what my next experiment's going to be. Take that time and just spend it with yourself. Explore and it'll come to you. But you don't always have to have an idea of what, what's next. You're spot on because it goes back to like when we bought this house and we mm-hmm. were planning to move 20 minutes outside the city. I had no clue. This is what I'd be thinking in this sure. moment. Like, sure. this, oh, I want to call more people and like, get closer to them. That was not something I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this new house and have this commute. And like, this is what we're doing. It was like, Just no, so we're, I, can make more I have this commute. Right? It's going to cost me more in gas money. I have toll, yeah. toll fees now. God damn it. Like, but this house is great. Like that's how I was thinking. But now it's really about, okay, how can I make, just like always, how can I make the most of it? But really this is a blessing because I think this is what I need. This is what the universe is bestowing upon me. But this has been a fucking awesome conversation. I really loved it. And something I always do here on the podcast is like, who should connect with you? Who listening to this would benefit from connecting with Taylor? 
yeah, connect. If this conversation was interesting to you, if you're a young professional just trying to figure things out, that's all we're trying to do. Would love to connect. Love just expanding the network and seeing how we can take over Austin and the world. And we all have this unique calling, right? So how can we live out that calling and, and, and make it happen? How can you live out your purpose? So I love connecting and having conversation. If they want to do that, how's the best way for them to actually get in contact with Instagram's you? best, Taylor underscore Enrique. That is my name. Um, yeah, I would love to connect. Oh, what's the story behind that? I'm, I'm Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> my middle name's Enrique, so that's the story. Uh, that's, I love it. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> that's awesome. Last question we always ask everybody mm-hmm. is, if you were to define thriving, what does it mean to you? Yeah, living out your daily purpose. For me, that is living a life to uh, the extremes. Say that one more time. Living out my daily purpose for me is living a life of extremes. And that can look like running a 50-mile race. That can look like just doing what I'm supposed to be disciplined in each day. Simple and sweet. I like that. And it goes back to kind of my biggest takeaway, which I say at the end of every podcast, is the reality is that every day is going to look different. And going back to how we were talking about running teaches us how to respond. Mm -hmm. We're not going to know how we're going to feel that day in that moment as we're running. But like you said, you can jog, you can walk. There's kind of like multiple ways to hammer it now at the end of the day. And I think people that are thriving are the ones that go to the extreme that just make sure to get the, the nail hammered. It's like as long as that nail got hammered, Let's call it a day. It's where confidence comes from, right? Yeah. Doing what you say you're going to do, fulfilling the promises that you made to yourself. That's that's it. I love that. That's where we're going to end. I love you all. If there's one thing that you can do for me and do for Taylor is please connect with this man. He is as cool as he seems. <laughs> and yeah, share his episode, save it, rate it, send it to somebody that really needs to hear it. Love you, CJ. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you again. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.